God. Somebody shout, he's good. Shout, he's good to me. Shout it like you believe it. He's good to me. Woo, my Lord, what a great God. What a great God we serve. Dustin Talvashia. Where are you at? Dustin Talvashia. I believe I'm getting that last name real close. Where you at, Dustin? Wave at me. I know you're here. Where's Dustin? <laughs> She'll come get it. Receive the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. Come on. We welcome all of our guests to the house of the Lord and a brand new family all the way back in the corner somewhere. Just greeted them earlier. God bless you. We're so thankful you're with us in Jesus' name. My wife mentioned the foundational classes. If you've been attending church here for about six months or less, or if you've never been through these foundational classes, I encourage you so much as pastor to sign up. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. They are life-changing classes. And they will build a foundation under you concerning your walk with God that will help stabilize you, strengthen you, and make you a powerful witness in this world. Somebody say witness. That's what it's all about. It's good to have Cataline with us all the way from Milton. And then right next to her, my daughter-in-law, Michael Kyle. It's good to have Michael with us. Lord bless them. And any other guests that may uh, be with us. While you're turning to the book of Mark chapter 8, verse number 36, I want to tell you, when I got here earlier this morning, Praise team was up here practicing. And I walked through those, the side door and I came into this building. I said, what, what is this? And then I realized it was the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you, I had to go away for a while to find out. But it ain't nowhere as like it is right here in West Palm Beach. What a power, what a presence. I don't know what we're doing. Okay, where are we at? What's going on? Where's my sound guy? Okay, all right. And uh, just an incredible presence of the Lord. When we came in, we felt his power and his anointing. And as you precious people begin to worship, and I just, I began to drink it in. I just wanted to be, hello, Jill, didn't see you. I just wanted to be a, uh, just one of you out in the crowd. And just receiving this washing of the power and the presence of God uh, upon me. What a, what a, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. I wish y'all would have, everyone in this crowd would have been here at 10 o'clock. Ron, I wish you'd have been here at 10 o'clock to hear this man right here teach. Brother Powell taught on the importance of worshiping God through song, through singing, and he gave us scripture to let us know that we're not just singing songs, but when the church comes together and we sing unto the Lord doctrinal songs, songs that are based upon the word of God, that it, it's warfare and it's moving mountains. And how many of you know when you sing unto the Lord, it does something to your heart, it ministers to your spirit. 
I want to I tell you, you can come into the house of the Lord and you can be all bound up, but if you can stretch your hands forth and just begin to sing praises to the King, you can hear those shackles fall off. You can feel the power of God lift you up and strengthen you. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank God for anointed singing. Thank God for our corral and our music department and these men and women that devote their time and energy to the Lord. And and, and delivers such powerful, anointed uh, singing uh, that we receive. We just love them in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Book of Mark, chapter 8, verse number 36. Again, it's good to be home. Uh, that's the longest I've ever been away. Uh, I, I laid on my bed the last few nights there in Liberia. And uh, I, was, I was just like a little kid, kind of balled up. And I just said, Lord... Please don't ever take me away this long again. I said, this is, this is too long. We can do it on and off, but let's not do it all at one time. And, but the Lord did do great things. Um, we had wonderful missions conference in Brazil. Powerful ministers conference in Liberia that God honored us to uh, minister in these conferences. And um, many lives were changed. I, I can't tell you how many pastors and pastors' wives. And, of course, y'all met one of, the, one of the pastors, right, that's over our door to work. I've sent a little clip. And, and uh, one of the works that we built, uh, we built several churches in Liberia. It's just good to be home and to be with the most wonderful people on the planet. Man, tell your neighbor, you're the most wonderful person in the planet, on the planet. Amen. Amen. And uh, we want to tell you, if you're here today and you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you've never been baptized in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, we want to let you know that God is here to put his spirit in you. There's a baptism ready for you right outside those doors. We would love to baptize you into the kingdom of God through the name of Jesus Christ because you have a soul and we're going to talk about that today we're going to talk about the value of a soul you have a soul that is more valuable than anything in this universe nothing can compare to your soul and I hope that you can get grasp of the understanding of the importance of who you are created in the image of God and the soul, the life that he breathed into you, how valuable it is to him. I hope that somehow you can receive that understanding because when you get that wisdom and that understanding, you'll live different. You'll act different. Everything about you will change. You won't believe the lies of this world anymore. You won't believe the lies of society anymore. It won't matter where you grew up. It won't, your background won't matter. It won't matter who your daddy's name is. None of those things matter. When you get a revelation of who you are in the sight of God, it lifts you up out of the miry clay. I'm telling you, it brings you up out of the sin of this world, puts a value upon you. To begin to live for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let him make something beautiful out of your life. Mark 8.36 says, And what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole 
world. Everybody say cosmos. That word world there actually in its translation here is cosmos. It means the entire universe or anything and everything that God set in order. If God put it in order, it's a part of the cosmos. And the Lord was saying here, this is Jesus speaking. This isn't just Mark writing about God. This is God himself. He is quoting Jesus. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the entire cosmos and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Lord, it is my prayer before we leave here today, I ask you to anoint this vessel, God, and that you would use me for your glory. I pray that your word flow through me, Lord, and that somebody in this place today who's been told they are nothing, they've been told they are worthless, they've been told, Lord, uh, uh, that it had been better they had never been born, I pray before this service is over that they realize just how valuable they really are and how much they mean to you, God, and how important it is that they give their life to you today, Lord, that you can begin to change everything about them. I pray that every saint of God that's in this building, that our understanding of our value to you would be increased here today. Who we are, oh, in the hands of an almighty God. I pray it, I speak it in the wonderful mighty name of Jesus. And somebody say, I am valuable to God. Say it again, say, I am valuable to God. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Let's praise him for a moment. Thank you, Jesus, for your glory. Thank you for your power. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Man, thank you for letting me preach to you today. I'm preaching to the greatest crowd on earth. That much I do know. So we look at the question that Jesus asked. What shall it profit a man if he gains the entire world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I think the first thing we need to do is pay attention to who it is that's asking this question. You see, this isn't me asking this question or someone else with limited knowledge, limited understanding, confined perception. This is someone asking this question that he hasn't been everywhere, he is everywhere. You cannot confine him, he is omnipresent. You cannot control him, he is omnipotent. You will never outthink him, he is omniscient. This God knows everything, he is everywhere, and he is all powerful. 
Yet it is this same God that is asking a question to you and to me. What is there anywhere in the universe that would be worth for the exchange of your soul? And if you have gained all of this universe, it would not compare to the value of the breath of life that was breathed into you. You see, we, me, you and I, we make statements based upon our understanding, upon our limitations. I'll give you an example. We might make a comment. We'll say something like, man, that's as big as Jupiter. We're trying to express ourselves that whatever it is that we're talking about, it is, it's big, it's large. But the only reason I can make that comment it's because I've been taught Jupiter is a really big planet but if you would have taught me from a child uh, that Mars was a really big planet and bigger than Jupiter and if it is don't tell me because I wasn't taught that I've taught Mars was small about two thirds two thirds two thirds the size of the earth But if I would have been taught that Mars was bigger than Jupiter, then I would make comments such as, well, it's as big as Mars. You see, our understanding, our perception is 100% limited to what we know, what we have been taught, what has been shown us. And so we can only make comparisons to something such as that. But the man that is talking here, The God that is talking here. Somebody may have looked at him and said, they may have said, what do you know about the cosmos? You're just a carpenter's son. You've never been a hundred miles beyond the place of your birth. How do you know anything about the cosmos? But he was not just a carpenter's son. And he didn't, he has traveled. He doesn't need to travel. He's already there. So I want you to stay with me just for a minute. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Not only does he know all things, he made all things. There was nobody in the universe more qualified to make that statement in the book of Mark when he looked at the soul of man and he said, I'm here to tell you, there is nothing in this world, nothing in this universe, nothing in the cosmos that is worth your soul. Put your hands together for the Lord. How does he know that? Because he made it all. He knows its value. He knows its worth. And he made you. Isaiah put it this way. 
who, Isaiah 40 and 12, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, who hath metered out the heavens with the span, who hath comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in balance. In Chronicles 29 and 11, thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty and all that is in heaven and all that is in the earth is thine both riches and honor they come from thee thou reignest over all in the hand its power and might in the hand to make great to give strength unto all and it's this God who looked at you and said I'm telling you there's nothing anywhere any way anyhow that compares to you that can match to your beauty you know we were created in the image of God our soul is encapsulated in this thing we called flesh but one day Jesus, he took a journey with, with Peter and with John. They made their way up a mount that we call the Mount of Transfiguration. It was there that for a moment Jesus unzipped his flesh out of that body, shined a light so bright nobody could contain it. Peter and John fell to the ground. Peter wanted to build tabernacles. The experience was overwhelming. We are created in the image of God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the devil has lied to you. Society has lied to you. They told you you're worthless. They told you you're no good. They told you you'll never amount to anything. I'm here to tell you that bottled up in your flesh is a glory, a light, a power called a soul that God created. It's more valuable, more beautiful than anything. I wish somebody would believe this. I wish you'd get a hold of this. You are precious. You are precious. You are precious. Somebody say, I'm precious. Shout, I'm valuable. Give praise to the Lord. He's worthy. He knows it all. Psalms 147 and 4 tells us, he telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them by name. Now, we've been looking at a lot of those through our little telescopes. We go, whoo, that's a beauty. Let's name it B4, 18973ABZ, 22.3. <laughs> God says, no, that's Johnny. Everybody out here knows Johnny. He named every. 
every single one of them. When he created them, he gave them a name. He didn't just put them out there arbitrarily. He knows them all. He knows the big ones. Do you know that there are sons out there that are so big that they would swallow our entire solar system? That means not only would our sun be in it, but earth would be in it. And then I don't know how they go earth, and I think it's Mars, and, and then there's some other planets. You get out to Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn and Mercury, and no, I'm sorry, Pluto's not a planet. It's just round and looks like one. It's just got all the characteristics of the others. But for some reason, they said it wasn't a planet. It doesn't matter. There are suns out there that are so big that it, its outer realm would encompass Pluto. It's such a gigantic size, so unbelievable, unimaginable. And Jesus knew that that sun was there. And he knows there's bigger ones than that. Galaxies that are out there. He made them all. But he stands in human flesh before mankind. And he says, I want to tell you that nothing out there and nothing on this earth is worth your soul. Psalms 147 to 5 says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Think about it. He knows everything. He owns everything. He created everything. He knows its value, its purpose. He knows it all. How can he make such a statement? For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole cosmos and lose his own soul? He can say it because he made it and he made you. This is what God says about you. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things. I stretch forth the heavens alone. I spread abroad the earth by myself. He's the God that made you. You know, there's a couple of things that uh, we consider valuable. One of them is diamonds. And the other is Diamonds and gold. That's why you put your diamond on a gold ring. You're so cute. Now, a diamond is a molecule. That means it's made of millions and billions of different kinds of atoms and man can make diamonds we can make diamonds with the right pressure and temperature all of these things will compress an old piece of coal and turn that thing into a diamond 
The reason why we don't flood the market with diamonds is because you wouldn't pay $50,000 for three carats <coughs> that they can make for 30 bucks. So they keep them off the market because everybody knows what drives up price, supply in. So if you remove the supply, but you still have the demand, price goes up. I'm not all that stupid. But did you know that we cannot make gold? No, not real gold. We can make fool's gold. Because real gold is not a molecule. It's an atom. It's on the element chart. What do they call that chart? Peri yeah, periodic chart. Table, periodic table. And on there they have what they call atomic weights. Gold is one of the purest elements known to man. Now, I said we can't make gold. Actually, we can. But the only way to make gold is to cause atoms to change their structure, to force them to lose uh, protons and electrons, etc., and to change their structure. In order to do that, you have to have a fusion reaction. So that means every time a nuclear bomb goes off, there's about a nickel's worth of gold. That's literally formed in that explosion. So if we were to set off every nuclear bomb on the planet, we'd probably get a few dollars. In fact, to create gold in a lab, you ready for this? To create $100 worth of gold would cost us one billion dollars to do it so the gold that's on earth came from somewhere else God's creation and all that he did scientists have discovered that when two neutron stars collide now these used to be normal suns but they imploded they ran out of gas, and they imploded. I know, science 101, but stay with me for a second. I'm going somewhere. When these two neutron stars come, and, and they collide, boom, there is enough fusion produced in that explosion to create enough gold that if you collected it, it would be ten times the mass of the moon or three times the size of the earth. That's how big of a chunk of gold that those two neutron stores produced in their fusion. And do you know why they're making gold? Because God's going to pave the streets of the new city with it. He's got to get that gold somewhere. He certainly ain't going to get it on earth. So he's got a few 
of those neutron stars. He said, hey, you two come together. I need a little more go because Jesus, the Bible says, has gone away to prepare a place for us. And the word says that the streets are going to be paved with gold. And this place is so gigantic, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles deep, 1,500 miles wide. I can't begin to tell you the quadrillions and trillions of tons of gold that's going to be needed. And so God's out there producing it. But this is the beauty of it all. God knows that exists. He knows that's there. You're trying to put it on your finger. You're trying to wear it around your neck. You even put it in your nose sometimes. But God has said, your soul. I'll tell you what God thinks about gold. He's putting it under our feet. What we value so much, we're going to walk on it when we get to heaven. I'll tell you what God thinks about pearls. He's going to make the gates out of them so we can walk through them. What God thinks about diamonds, he'll probably sprinkle them here and there. They're just material. But when it comes to your soul, when it comes to who you are, he says there's nothing out there. Neutron store after neutron store can produce all the gold it wants to produce. But you, sir, you, ma'am, what's in you is eternally greater than anything the cosmos has to offer. Clap your hands. Give God praise. You can be seated just for a few more minutes. You know, we hang on to things in this world. But you know, the only way you can experience the beauty of this world or the pleasures of this world. And I'm talking about things that people sell their souls for. Jesus said, what will you trade your soul for? I just told you it's more valuable than the entire cosmos. What could possibly be on this earth? This speck of dust that I created that goes around the sun that one day I'm going to wipe it all away and create everything new. What could possibly be here worth your soul? This is what Jesus is trying to explain. He's trying to put just a, a little bit of wisdom in us because he created everything. He knows the value of everything. He breathed the breath of life into you. He knows the value of your soul. And he says everything that you see Everything that you hear, everything that you can touch, everything that you smell, everything that you're able to think, it will all pass away.
soul is eternal. This world is so frail. We work our fingers to the bones, the old cliche goes, trying to earn a little something to bring us through a few final years of our life. And we sell our soul out for it. And when we finally get it all together, you're like the man that built the bigger barns. And you go lay down in your bed and you say, oh, soul. Take your ease. Oh, soul, we have prepared for all of our days. And the angel of death shows up and says, Thou. For tonight, thy soul is required. For tonight, I take you away. And we can transport him into the story where the Bible says Lazarus begged at the gate of the rich man. The rich man died and the angel showed up and carried him to hell. The rich, the poor man died and the angel showed up and carried him to the bosom of Abraham. And the, and the, the rich man said... would sell all that I have for one drop of water. All of a sudden, everything he worked for, everything he valued, everything he gave his blood and energy and time and effort to and his love and his monies and everything he had all of a sudden if you bring it all together it wasn't worth So Jesus said, what are you selling your soul for? The only thing that will be eternal, heaven and earth shall pass away. It's his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But not one dot, not one penny, not one jot of my word shall pass. And your soul created in my image shall last forever and the day will come and my prayer is it would be today because the day will come when you will receive divine revelation that there's nothing in this cosmos worth my soul Let's stand to our feet. I got a little ways to go. Music, if you'll come, but I just feel the presence of the Lord. I feel like the Lord is dealing with our hearts right now. I wish you would pray. There's someone here right now. You've got dreams and ambitions. You know the beautiful thing about all of this. 
is that when you give God your dreams and ambitions, he gives you greater dreams, greater ambitions. God will do with your life so far beyond anything that you could ever imagine or ever hope for. But the beauty about it is when he works in your life, it comes with peace, comes with love. It comes with tranquility. I don't mean that you won't have troubles. You're going to have troubles. You live in a real world. But while you walk through those troubles, there's peace on your heart, peace in your mind. You trust in him. You lean on him. Like we learned at camp uh, this last week, we trust and lean upon him that he will indeed carry us through. You see, I don't know what it is that you're holding on to right now, but it's frailer than you think. I don't know what you have reached out and tried to get a hold of, and, and you might think it's solid. You might think it's secure, but I'm telling you there's nothing in this world or in this universe that is solid and secure but God. And in a moment, you know, I read an article. I read an article a couple of days ago. There's a family. They're sitting in their house. I saw a picture of it. A beautiful home. Everything about it was gorgeous. They're just sitting in the house, enjoying a little tea, drinking some coffee, eating a little Boston cream pie. I don't know. Everything seems to be fine. And all of a sudden, the ground opens up underneath. And the entire home is gone. The Lord says, I'm sorry. What are you going to sell your soul for? What are you trading in eternal life for? Because whatever you're selling your soul for, you are getting the raw end of the deal. The pleasures of this world are but for a season. Are you listening to the preacher? The pleasures of this world are but for a season. The Bible makes it plain. That in the end, there is death. I think the horrible thing about this deception is that the Bible makes it plain that pleasures forevermore are at the right hand of God. Or the left, one of them. Pleasures for evermore. So Jesus stood before the people, every eye closed for a moment, because I want you to. God is standing before you right now. And he's saying, There's nothing. nothing there's nothing in the cosmos worth your soul 
says, I know because I made it all. I made it all. And the only one that has ever seen your soul is God. No one else has. And he looks at your soul. Isaiah tells us he puts the mountains on one side and the hills on the other. Puts them in a scale and he weighs them. Tells the water stay in its boundaries. But he said your soul on one side of the scale just yours and I put the entire cosmos on the other side the whole universe everything I've ever created your soul would tip the scale nothing is worth your soul. Let's thank the Lord for speaking to us. He's calling you. Sir, will you step out from where you are? We can't go any further. This is the moment. This is the moment. Would you step out, ma'am, sir, dad, mom, young lady, young man? Would you come? Would you come? You're so valuable to God. You're so priceless to him. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to do wonders in your life. He wants to do wonders in your life. Don't sell out. Maybe there's some saints of God that are walking the fence. Come on, now's not the time to sell out. Oh, I hope God's come to remind you how important your soul is. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Society has told you you're worthless. Society has said you're no good. But what does society know? They've sold their soul. 
They sold their soul for the things of this world, for the pleasures of this world, for the popularity of this world, for the beauty of this world. They sold it. Don't let them lie to you. God is here to tell you how valuable you are, how valuable you are to him. Won't you come, come, come. Don't hold back. Let today be the day that you cry out to God. Let today be the day. Let today be the day. The Lord said, I laid the foundations of the earth. He said, but they're going to perish. He said, but not you. Not you. You're going to last forever. You're going to be here forever. I made you brighter than the brightest sun. I made you to last longer than the vesture of the universe. You'll never die. You'll never fade away. You'll always be here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You're those sparkles that shine in my vesture. You're those bright lights that give me glory. Won't you come? Church, let's pray. Let's find someone. Oh, let's reach out to God. Get a brand new revelation of how valuable you are. Get a brand new revelation of what you mean to God. Give your heart to Him. Give your life to Him. It's not too late, sir. It's not too late, ma'am. It's not too late. Come on. Come on, God will forgive you. God will forgive you. God loves you. Let him renew that soul in you. Let him renew spirit in you. Don't sell it out for the things of this world. Don't give it up for the things of this world. They can be taken from you so quickly. The things that are beautiful to your eyes. You can lose your sight. The things that are beautiful to your ears. You can lose your hearing. The things you work your hands for, you can lose them all. Don't sell your soul. Don't sell your soul. Esau. Esau, it doesn't matter how hungry you are. Don't sell out. Don't sell out. It doesn't matter how appealing it is. Don't sell out. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. I wouldn't trade. 
Slider. Come on, lukewarmer. God's called to you. God's called to you. Come on, my prodigal son, my prodigal daughter. I wish you could feel the heartbeat of God. This heart breaks for you. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've gone.
nothing's worth your soul. Silver.